Right, so we've got headphones on this time, which means I can actually use every function. I've been waiting to do this. I did this with Darren in the last episode. Yeah. Problem is, I can never remember which button does what. So I think this one is my memory button. Yeah. Mm. I do like that one. <laughs> Welcome back to How Was That For You? We are starting week two of The Fringe and today I'm joined once again by Joe McTernan. Hello, mate. Hello again. It's week two. I know, that kind of made me, when you said that, then I went, is it? Yeah, it's gone the first week. The first show seemed to go so slow and now yeah. seven of them have flown past. Really have? Seven? Is that seven? It, yeah, I think it's about seven shows we've done, you think, including the previews. Oh, I'm forgetting about the previews. Yeah, so... Most people forgot about their previews, to be fair. Well, I have to. <laughs> or I can't sleep. So I've been thinking today, over the last week, what we discussed on your, on your last episode. Yeah. And how has that stacked up? Because this has been a great week for you. Mm, and yourself. We were talking about ticket sales and this week, slightly better than last year for me in the sense that I had days sell out before yeah. I actually went out to try and go fly. Mm -hmm. And then even even today, I'm looking at my sales for today and I've only got like seven tickets left. That's such a good place to be. Yeah. Because you so, know they'll go. Even if they don't, the room's going to be big enough that I won't know. It's that little amount though that even if they don't sell out, you could just buy them yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to because <laughs> it's the fringe and I've spent enough money already. How much did that be? What, 70 quid? It's small enough for it to be a good idea, but too big that I'm actually going to do it. Would you do it with two? I would do it with two. Yeah, you're just well, about to go on and they're like, you've not sold out, mate, sorry. Your tickets as well. You've been selling out. Unbelievably. I, it was an absolute shock. I was, I was speaking last time and that was what I was scared of because I yeah. remember I was, uh, I was doing okay on the previews, but... Well, when we had the conversation, I remember you saying I've sold like 20 tickets tonight and you were really happy. And I was happy because yes. I just... Do you know what I was talking about the other day was this, um, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Which I was feeling a lot because I thought, even though I've been doing stand-up for long enough, I know, you know, I've done, I've done it before. You know, I've done it to people and they've laughed, but part of me was like, somebody's going to find, this is where I get found out Yeah. this month, and everybody's going to go, no, it was crap. You can't do an hour. Yeah, He's well, not a real comedian. Exactly. And I think that was kind of really playing on me. Well, last year, I felt it the moment we finished The Fringe. Last year's Fringe was great. We finished it, and the moment we finished it, my brain said, I wonder if you'll ever be able to write another hour again. Because that hour mm -hmm. was a culmination of everything. three years. Well, what I did was I had maybe half an hour of the show that I'd used in clubs that I knew. Then the other part was just, it was it was a new half an hour. Yeah. But then I thought, that took so much brain power. Mm -hmm. Am I ever going to be able to write another show? So I was terrified writing this show. And the amount of times I'd write a paragraph and go, they're all going to figure me out. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because I'm already thinking that because see now that this because I've had quite a successful start and already yeah. people are like we'll be back next year we'll be back next year yeah and you're like oh I've not even thought about next year but now I am now because, we have to because I want because now I'm thinking if because obviously from this I mean I can't believe I've sold out every show since the first official show yes and and that's been as I say really unexpected but also quite exciting but then now. It's very addictive. 
and you told me about this last week yes. and I didn't quite well I wouldn't have known what you meant yeah. but now so today I'm on 52 ticket so that's so there's 70 74 seats 22 so you, you got like 20 odd tickets left they will go but it's enough that it's you're on 70 I'd be comfortable if it was 7 yeah. I'd be like yeah they'll go but the 22 you're like well there's 22 people still have to decide to come see this today and it's like but what would it do if they didn't say like I know would it crush me yeah. I know it probably would because I've got this little thing going now which is so exciting but it's because um, now you're like got to keep this up so I'll, I'll tell you what I did when I did when I was on tour this year because touring was much harder than being at the fringe because I couldn't go out flyering every day in that area mm -hmm. you're just really focused on what PR is going to do what you can do online but you've got much less control over who buys your tickets when you're touring and it, it was really getting to me. So what I, it was a mind shift change. So all I did, I made a decision to focus on the people that were there rather than people that weren't. And that's really hard because even the other day, I walked out of a full show into the courtyard and saw maybe five, 600 people and thought none of you came tonight. <laughs> Isn't, Isn't that crazy? No, it, it, it well, of course it is, but it's complete. For, you're, you know, you're preaching to the choir, though. I mean, I think other people would go, "That is ridiculous." Yeah. And I suppose looking at because I'm looking at you. What your, your seats are one, what one twenty? You said. Yeah. It's a crazy amount of number to have every day. Yeah. About 120 people in your seat. I'm seeing like five, six hundred people that <laughs> didn't go to the show. Yeah. So it was a very. And, and and it's if you let yourself sink into that, it yeah. becomes so detrimental. So it's very much you've got to focus on playing to the people that are in the room rather than the people that are not. And I think that's um, again we're just talking about um, reviews the other day, and that's another big thing. I, I it's amazing how many have I've, you had some reviews? I've had two from the same publication. Uh, that's strange. I, I, I didn't understand it. Yeah, so they got I got a three star and a four star from right. the same publication. Um, and it was, you know, I'm assuming it was two different people. They didn't come one night and go, that was a four star, and then watch it again and go, do you know what? I was wrong. Yeah, he didn't play that. That is a three star at best. <laughs> yeah, so that, but the, to be honest, getting the four, I was, again, with this imposter syndrome, I, yeah. it made me very happy because I was like, oh, because four is ace. The difference in star levels, because it is a mind fuck, mm. because you've got, it's like five stars is great. It's, it's perfect. Four stars is what everyone hopes for. Yeah. Three stars, people start going, I'm going to quit this show. <laughs> Two stars, you're like, they hated it. One star is that all you had to do was turn up for a one star. <laughs> I do think that when I see one star, yeah. like, is it really that bad? I mean, did they, if they turned up, that's... is it really that bad? So I don't think I'll get five. And I think the only reason is, is that I kind of know from the criticisms that people have made about the show. Yeah. It's not my love, it's show. Because I do really observational stuff, like yeah. kind of classic Lee Evans style observational bits or Michael McIntyre kind of stuff. And because of that, you can get criticised for being unoriginal. Yeah. But that... But how hard is it to be original man? Because you think there's nothing beyond the sun. And if you've gone through a situation, mm -hmm. you should be able to talk about that situation. Well, the thing is, and I noticed this specifically, one of the reviews had highlighted, I've got a bit about the peel here flap on a, on a uh, ham packet. Yeah. And then they had noted that and said, you know, I've quite unoriginal, I've seen it before. Because of me, I tweeted that joke out about six years ago. 
and just you it just happened to I, work in I the love show. that let, let me rewind so you're telling me okay so what happened was they you did a joke about how and it's because uh, I, I, I remember seeing yeah, it's, it's, I remember seeing I've seen other people post it yeah. as well and it's about when you peel the because I saw one that did it with bacon packets yeah. peel here yeah. or easy peel here and it's like the biggest lie in the world yeah that thing yeah so yeah, you've done that joke was you originated six years ago before it was even a, a big thing online and stuff and I don't know for sure there might have been someone else that had done that before yeah. I don't think they did this is the thing there is nothing new under the sun the amount of times I've I've remembered there's times where I've I've been I've been doing material and then I've had someone send me a clip of someone that I've never met in another country mm -hmm. doing a joke which I've had one which was pretty much word perfect yeah. for the joke that I told and I had another one which was a different joke with the same pretty much the same punchline yeah so I'll look at those and go right how can I tweak them how can I change them but it just shows you there is nothing whatever you thought someone else has probably been through that and it is very much who's going to get to the mark first or but I don't think that even matters now and I'll know for a reason why that is I used to have a bit about how hard it is to get a plug into a socket in the dark and I, the whole bit was like you know it's like you start convincing yourself that that it's the socket that's doing something to you like yeah. moving about and stuff because you start using your fingers and everything and you're like like why can I not do this right and um the, I that again an, an older joke that I yeah. did that was one of my first jokes that I did that used to be my big bit that I'd end on weirdly I wouldn't do it now but I, I, say, I can tell that it was an old joke <laughs> wow unoriginal it's like but um, no so I um but then I've seen a video on TikTok recently yeah. only over the last year and someone's got like a, a glove on and it's when somebody's trying to put on and it's just like they're doing this so do you know this is the reason why when I'm doing club sets mm. I will always turn up early doesn't matter where I'm on the bill I will always turn up to see everyone who's on before me yep. because I want to know what they're saying because I don't want to then go on stage and start talking about something similar. So even if it's, if I go on stage and someone starts talking about their kids, I don't talk about my kids. Yeah, It's little things like, because I've been in, I was in a situation once where I just started. I was doing a, a comedy night in this rugby club right. and I was in the middle. And the closer got there five minutes before he set. So he didn't even see any of mine. He got there yeah. in the interval. I told this joke, which was my closing joke, um, went down a storm. He's then come on and opened with pretty much the same, same joke. joke. Now, we have never met. We've never geeked together before. So it was completely original to both of us. But to the audience, they were like, because he told the joke and it, fell so flat yeah so i've seen it before and it's a, and you you feel so bad for the yeah. comic because you're like you you don't know but what what's an interesting thing about what you said there is there's a big thing in comedy sometimes is somebody going he stole my joke yeah and you go can can we just maybe think that there's maybe an alternative universe you get where... in all art forms you think how many times in the music industry has someone said i mean sometimes you go they've definitely stolen it's word for word sometimes yeah and you go there's no but this is the, the thing i always say you can tell when someone's not stole it because yeah. you go it's similar theme but you've you, every line's different like yes. it's not like you've completely just ripped it i know i know of comics where it is real joke theft 
And I, even I'd be like, how has nobody noticing this? Noticed that. But in then, big comics, I've seen people doing Bill Hicks bits of the stuff. Yes. Like, but then it, I think in their heads, they go, well, it's long enough now. I've seen people do Kevin Hart material. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you think that you're that you're not going to be noticed. Yeah, he's the biggest. He's like one of the biggest acts in the world mm-hmm. and you want to use his material. You think even stuff like Eddie Murphy, Delirious, yeah. that thing's, what, 30 years old? Imagine someone coming up and doing a bit on ice cream vans. Everyone would know exactly where that came from. Exactly. Because it's cemented in comedy or zeitgeist history, if you mm-hmm. want. And But even past that, as a comic, I wouldn't want to do someone else's material. So this is right. So this is the thing I was I was thinking. Right. So even it. So when when you read the reviews. Yeah. Um, now don't get me wrong. I wouldn't criticise reviewers. I know some people really don't like them. But there's a you know you've got it. I kind of you know I did read them and go mm, maybe fair on that bit. And you know that you have seen the show quite young and it's you know it's not where I want it to be. Maybe on the day two three. You know. So I know the little niggles. But the thing is, when you're writing a show. You're in, we, so we, our job, we know when we get told it's right is when the audience laughs. Yeah. Irrelevant of how clever you think you're being, because sometimes you can do a line that you go, Could, I would never have written that down. There are jokes in this show that people have like bowled over laughing and I was like, apparently. But you can decide it, but yes. and, and I guarantee it, I mean, I bet you every time you'll do it, you'll go, get it still, get something. Yeah, I, I had, there was a joke in the last show where I used to, I was talking about um, primary school teaching assistants and I act out this whole scene and every now and again, the teacher just goes, welcome. And she, she gestures yeah. into somebody else. And it was, I didn't realize, but it, it just made people like they were crying laughing every time I did it. Right. And even now I'm like, I don't get it. It's because it was a Kevin Hart, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs> We liked it when Kevin did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the thing I was... It's kind of hard to get your head around when it's like... When somebody's reviewing something, you're going, but then we've worked as hard as we can yeah. on this show. And the way that we know that something's done is when it gets that laugh. So last year, I read the reviews. I wanted to know what was going on. I've always been in the mindset, even if someone says something really bad, mm-hmm. take a step back and think, do they have a point? Yeah. So I would look back at, can I change anything? But then I get to a point where I've changed it and tweaked it to the point that I'm happy with it, mm-hmm. regardless. And that's when I stop reading reviews. Because you're the one that has to take the show on tour. Yeah, and if people don't like it, then they don't like it. There's not a lot you can do about it. Well, that's, so this is what I was doing. So the three star, I mean, I was really happy that it's, you know, at least he still gave me a three, but he just didn't like the show. Yeah. He's, he, he'd literally, one of the lines was even going, everyone else seemed to be really enjoying it. So do you know what? Was or, there was a few comics um, that did this last year. Um, Milo, Troy Hawk, yeah. um, Ishan Akbar, mm-hmm. and it made such a difference to me because it made me know that I wasn't the only one going through this. Yeah. They posted their three-star reviews as well as their fours, right? as well as their four and a half, as, as well as their fives. They included all of it, not just, because that's the thing, social media, people only put up their best work. Well, of course, I mean, so if you're not having a great fringe, mm-hmm. all you see is everyone else having a great fringe. Mm-hmm. So what I really appreciated is the fact that what they did was put up all of it. And I sat there thinking, I've been through that as well. And that made me feel much better that I wasn't alone doing it. 
after looking back to what we thought week one was going to be like week one has actually gone far better than we thought yeah. my problem now is i feel like i'm constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop i'm living in this state of terror that no one's going to buy any more tickets absolutely the same how quickly did you start writing your next show after last year's friend um i started writing this year's show just after the leicester comedy festival in february and when I say started writing it, I stared at my laptop for two months. I, I didn't know how to start the show. I knew what I wanted to talk about. We had the name, we had the title, and I, I had the concept, but I didn't know how to start the show because I didn't want, I wanted to be able to walk on and go straight into it. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out how do we begin this show? And then I couldn't figure out which jobs do I talk about because I've had a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. And I've had too many jobs for an hour, so then we, we broke it down into categories, which then, okay, I could be a bit more general. Um, so it wasn't like specifically my job, it was this type of job that many of us have worked in. Yeah. That kind of thing. So it was, it was, a, it was a really good process writing this show to know that I have got it in me to write another hour if I've got a concept. That's the thing, because is, is it similar, I suppose, to, you know, I'm really sure we talked about this before, but it's that, you know, the, when, you, when you have to get your first 20 minutes ready, you're like, yeah. like when you're doing 10s, you think oh. 20 sounds ridiculous, and then after you do your 20, you're like, oh, 20's a breeze, like it's... Remember writing your first Bulletproof 5, and, and then so, someone says to you, oh, that was great, now I need you to do a 10, and you're like, I can't do a 10. And then, but what you do is you just, it's, well, it goes some days to the seven, doesn't it? Yeah. But you just extend everything that you've already got, I which just then makes it yeah. not bulletproof because you're adding fat back on. And then it. you get it back to be bulletproof again and you've got a seven and then it comes to do the 10 and I just did my seven slower and hope to get bigger laughs. <laughs> that was it. And then I remember getting my 20 to the point it was, bulletproof i could play it anywhere in literally any country mm. and i went out to <laughs> i went out to rotterdam right we did a comedy festival in rotterdam and the flights were all bucked up right how long ago was it it was it was quite a few years ago actually <laughs> it was quite a few years ago I'd, I'd not been going long we're out in rotterdam i've got my 20 minutes and the flights were all messed up. So I was meant to be on a mixed bill with the MC, me, and the closing act. Right. Both of those flights got canceled. So the organizer said, can you go and do the whole show? I will pay you both of their wages to do the show. I'm like, triple money, but yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Especially when, you know, when you're that new, you're like, wow, I'm, a, I'm making it. Yeah. And then. So you made a whole 60 pounds. <laughs> A whole 60, or 60 euros, mate. It was 60, 60 euros. Sorry, yeah. and, and we were we were, out, we were out there. It was as I was walking to the, the the venue, the reality kicked in. And I was like, you haven't got... Because I was meant... To, now I have to do, I think it was 45 minutes. And I was like, you don't have 45 minutes. So I, walk, I walked to the stage. And while I started my timer, and for the first sort of two minutes... I just kept them clapping. I kept them clapping, kept them clapping. I was like, now you're probably wondering why I've got you clapping for so long. What's happened is there's meant to be three acts. The MC, I over-explained everything. So now this took five minutes. I was like, there's meant to be the MC, then me, then the closing act, but their flights have been canceled. So 
They've asked me to do the whole 45 minutes, but there's a problem. I don't have 45 minutes of comedy. So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna do my 20 minutes of comedy, half the speed, and I'm gonna need you guys to laugh for twice as long. How were they with this? Were they, they like into so it? They're already you? laughing now. Right, they're already yes. laughing because they, and I was like, I'm being serious. And the more serious I got, the more they laughed. Isn't that a great example of just be honest? Yes. Yeah. Because, but what I was doing is every time I told a joke, I'd look at my watch and then keep them, keep <laughs> them going that bit more, bit more, bit more. Okay, cool. And then go to the next funny. bit. That's really good though. Funny. And it, and it was like, it was that spontaneity of it as well of going, you're up here now, you've got to do it. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things that it creates a memory that becomes material. Well, there's that fight or flight thing, and it's, but well, I say that, because I have seen some comedians, newer comics and stuff, like walking off stage, you know, like going, no, I can't, no, like they get halfway through. I remember seeing a guy once at Red Raw at the stand, and he was killer, absolutely brilliant. But it was like halfway through, he just went, oh, and just walked off. And it was like, you know, it's like, it's like he started, you know, skiing and it was, well, oh, and then he started thinking about it too much. He's all going to fall, I'm going to fall and then just left. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never had that because I always think like when I'm up there, I'm like, you're doing this, mate. When I'm up there, I, f I forget everything. That's why I love comedy. It is such a great escape yeah. for, for me because when I'm up there, I forget everything. So I, I'm I'm a, I'm literally attached to my watch because I don't know I never notice the red light wherever it is because I'm I'm lost in the moment. If my watch vibrates, I know I've got a minute left, mm -hmm. and that's a great feeling. Yes, especially if you haven't even started your last. But that's the problem. This is an Apple Watch. You have to remember to put it on Do Not Disturb because I've done show. I did a show once where I had it set for 20 minutes, put it on, forgot to put it on Do Not Disturb started about about 10 minutes into the set someone texts me oh and you do you get an alert and i got an alert what got, sound does it make nothing no, it didn't make sound it, it vibrated oh so i'm now like so now you're like i'm smashed this i, I was like i am really good at this that's <laughs> flown past and i was like thank you and good night and walked off stage and then i always do as i walk off i stop the buzzing and i look down and the time is still going and the promoters looked like, what is he doing? He just walked off stage 10 minutes. Go back on. Went back on. I was like, let, me, let me explain what's just happened. Those one-off mistakes are, are my favorite parts of doing the com of doing any sort of comedy show. I've had that this week. There was a, there's a bit at the end of my show that I need something to work out every yeah. time. And I've only got 15 seconds to make sure that thing works out. And then there was one day that didn't work out really didn't work out and it's the biggest laugh i've seen the bit get how are you feeling one week into the show physically mentally like how are you i feel good so i know i know i've been more tired feeling like and because I, I hardly drank we did have a couple of drinks but even then we weren't i mean that's that's for me that like yeah. in previous years yeah i've been out till half five in the morning but it did hit about half past one and i went right this is this is late you know time yeah. to go home and even when I got up, I was like, I had had enough drinks to go, I've had a drink, yeah. but not enough to not then do anything because I can't. My head tells me you can't get too bad because you physically need to get through. And I had a podcast that day at half past 10. I had another gig, then my own gig, and then another gig after yeah. it. I'm tired enough. Like the other day I did my show mm. and then I did three other gigs that didn't finish till one in the morning. Is this the, well, I went to the, 
best of fest one with yeah. you, which was I actually was quite like in awe of you for because I was like, this is a late, late gig, yeah. and it, you were closing it. Once you go, on, you know what it feels like. Once you go on stage, everything leaves, and you're like, I'm on stage, and it's amazing. Yeah. But then it was as I was walking home that I realised, wow, it is late, and I'm tired, and I'm yeah. to get into my bed. But then it's coming home and it's, and then, cause I can't go to sleep straight away. I have to settle down. Yeah, you need to wind down. You just do. I mean, I always, I always get, and I still put the kettle on, make a cup of decaf coffee. Yeah. I'll sit in my phone and catch up with what I missed. What do you think? What are you thinking for this week? I, do you know what? This one's the most, um, so for like this week, I'm like, I'm not sure because in my head, I'm now thinking, how do we up this week? Yeah. But I'm not seeing how that can happen because I kind of knew coming in, you know, there might be a chance of a press article. There might be, you know, exciting, just getting to know the venue. Now I know the venue. Now I know the show. Yeah. Now I know people like the show. And that's a big thing. You go, well, how do I up this again? How do I get this addiction? Maybe it's not about up and maybe it's just riding that wave. Well, it's maybe riding the wave, but do you know, I, do you know what I'm hoping for is a couple of things that you go, oh, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. I like those kind of things where you go, oh, you know, but I'm going to keep keep off, you know, keep off the drink. Maybe have like another one night with another couple of pints, but I'm enjoying it. I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying feeling busy and and enjoy it. Yeah, I'm just enjoying it all. I'll be honest. I was hoping we were going to get to this episode and you'd be sat there crying. I was like, that makes for a hilarious podcast if you're sat here crying. Oh, can you imagine? I, I did imagine. You're... <laughs> <laughs> I've been imagining it all week. I'm actually devastated that it how, hasn't happened. How is everybody? I, I don't know if I think, but how is everybody else doing that you're interviewing for this? Is it different? Are you hearing different stories from? Because everybody is it every is Alexandra and um, Alexandra Haddo, yeah, Daryl Griffith, right. And if you want to find out how they're feeling, you'll have to watch the next episode. <laughs> yes. So next week we're going to find out for you. How is that for you? <laughs>